Hey, I'm Kevin, the student pastor at Shore Church again. Thanks for listening to our message. We strive each week to bring you relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. To find out more about us or what's going on at the church, head on over to scog.com or download the app. Hope you enjoy the message. All right, we're in a series called Stories, where we're examining the different parables of Jesus as he kind of uh, brings out the life in his teachings, how he, he really examines and, and looks at and brings these beautiful truths that he teaches in a story form. It's the true genius of Jesus. The, the one-liners of Jesus, we may not, not remember. Like we read them in the scriptures or we've, we've seen them before, but they don't stick. But these stories that he tells, they stick with us. In fact, they, they permeate culture. They go in our, our books. They are in our literature. They are in our TV shows. They, they just kind of find their way. And maybe we're hearing a, a parable of Jesus, and we don't even actually know it was a parable of Jesus. Uh, oftentimes, some uh, people will come up to me after a message or throughout the week when they're reading the Bible, and they go, I didn't know that was in the Bible. I just thought that was from X, Y, or Z. And the parables usually are kind of the, the fount of that, and, and we see that happening a lot. Uh, today's parable or story is no different. It is a story that is really all about forgiveness and this tough, difficult word. We all like the idea of forgiveness when we're the ones being forgiven, right? We like the idea of forgiveness when we don't have to do any action. It's, it's we messed up and we said, I'm sorry, and now I'm free and, and, and forgiven and it's all good. We don't like the idea of forgiveness when it is something that we are called to do. Someone hurts our feelings, someone slights us, someone uh, does something to us. On a small or large scale, it doesn't really matter, but then we are called to forgive them. I don't really like that. I like when I'm the the recipient of forgiveness, not when I'm the one doling it out. And so uh, today we're going to kind of step into what that looks like for us and how do we um, work through it. Because if we could understand forgiveness, if we can understand and, and build a culture of forgiveness in our lives, that this is just who we are. Life changes. The balance sheets of life get thrown out the window. We don't anymore have to keep that record book of what's fair. But they had this, and then we had this, and they did that, and we don't, we don't have to do that anymore. When you have a, a lifestyle, a culture of forgiveness going on in your life, stuff just doesn't matter anymore. And that's what Jesus calls us to because he sees on the other side of that, if you have a lifestyle of forgiveness, a culture of forgiveness in your life, you're free. You're not tied into anything else. You're not bound by debt that's owed you or debt that goes to somewhere else. That You're free. And in that freedom is the room and the margin to be a child of God in the way he has called us to be. And so today we're going to kind of approach this subject. This is a deep subject. This is one that we work through. This is one we have to to struggle through for probably years of our life. But the fight is worth it. The fight to have a culture of forgiveness in our lives is worth it. It will change your parenting. It will change 
your marriages. It will change your work environment. It will change the relationships you have with your parents and with others. This particular thing. It's also probably one of the hardest things to cultivate in our, in our relationships with, with others and with God. So, full disclaimer, this is not easy. This is not cookies on the bottom shelf. This is cookies at the tippy top shelf with like a, a master lock on top of it. Like you gotta, you got to work to get this in your life, and it is worth it once you kind of figure this out and incorporate it into your life. It's also one of the things that God so desires for our life. He desires this freedom in our life. He desires for us to have a culture of forgiveness worked throughout our life. And it's a prayer that he wants to answer. Some of you are thinking already, when I just mentioned the word forgiveness, your brain already went to, Jared, you have no idea what I've done. And some of you have already thought, Jared, you have no idea what has been done to me. And I get that. And I understand that. I hear that. Even with the worst of the worst, God desires us to pull us into this relationship of forgiveness. And if you will open your heart and open your, your mind to this idea of a culture of forgiveness, I think there can be real freedom uh, for you to, to be set free of some of these baggage and the stuff that you've had to deal with, that you've dealt with in your life. And I'm not going to lay it out so it's just an easy 10-step plan or something like that, but it's something that we've got to cultivate in our lives to really experience who God is calling us to be and what he has for us, this life of freedom and forgiveness. Matthew 18, verse 21 to 35. We're just going to read 21 and 22 right now. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Then Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Now I want you to underline if you, if you can write in your Bible if you're so moved. Um, Jesus answered, I tell you. Underline the I tell you part because that's incredibly important to this whole thing. The I tell you portion. Now, something else really funny and, and interesting this is Peter is the one asking this question. Now I don't know if somebody put him up to it that Peter, go ask this one. We don't know about this. How much are we supposed to forgive people? I don't want to forgive them that much. I personally think Andrew, his brother, is one of the disciples. And so Peter's got, they probably have some sort of fight going on. They have some sort of thing going on. It's like, how many times do I have to forgive him? Because remember, the disciples are probably early 20s or teenage boys. Peter's probably the oldest. He's probably around 20 years old, and the rest of them are, are stairs up below him. And so you, you look at this and you go, hmm, what did Andrew do? Like, is it he just pressing his luck? Like, mm, I forgave him. One. Oof, we did it again. I forgive him. Two. And just like teenage boys, right, there's, a, there's that limit. That, and usually it's not very many. But there's that limit where it just snap. And then all the kind of, you know, you got a, two of these teenage guys rolling around in the dirt, uh, making a, a mess of everything. And, and, and I imagine this is probably... A reoccurring theme in, in, in Jesus' youth ministry with the disciples. Right? So that's, that's what we've got going on here. So that, we're gonna, I'm going to start out this incredibly serious thing with kind of a little um, levity thinking about um, the, these boys fighting each other. But Peter's asking this hard question, like, how many times am I supposed to forgive? 
And Jesus' answer is not what Peter wants. Because Peter gives a lot of grace in this moment. I'm supposed to forgive, what do you think, seven times? Seven times is a pretty good, good amount. Like, if you were lying to me, and me to, if I was going to forgive you seven different lies, that's a lot of grace that I've been giving out. And so Peter thinks he's, he's throwing out a big number, a holy number, this complete, the seven in, 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 in Jewish numerology. And Jesus answers with, I tell you, now remember I told you to underline the I tell you, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Just think, no, multi, exponentially. You're first supposed to give, forgive exponentially more. Just, no, your, math is not the problem here. Math is not, we don't have a tally sheet. We don't have, uh, we're not keeping books. We don't have an Excel spreadsheet. QuickBooks is not being used. No, 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 no. Don't even think of it that way. Blow that up. Throw it away. It's not the device in which we use. I tell you, stop it, is what he's saying. I tell you, wrong question, is what he's saying. And that I tell you is incredibly important in a rabbinical uh, culture. When Jesus says, I tell you, he is claiming authority for this teaching. He's not giving a works-cited page. He's not saying, you know, the rabbi so-and-so did this, or Moses even said this, or, or Elijah said this. He's not, he's not using the Old Testament as a, as a works-cited. He's not using other, other rabbis as works-cited. He's saying, no, 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 the authority rests on my shoulders. I tell you, the teaching I want you to get is you forgive. Not with a number attached to it, not with a caveat, not with anything else. I tell you to forgive. And that's really powerful. To think about that. When Jesus says, no, 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 I'm 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 not playing any games here. I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. I'm not trying to... Uh, make you confused in any way. I want to spell this out for you. I tell you, forgive. He goes on in this parable, this story, to illustrate this more. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Now your Bible may say uh, 10,000 talents, which was the biggest unit of measurement in in this time period of silver. Um, It would have been like 300 tons of silver was was 10,000 talents. So we're talking lots of money. If I use 10,000 bags of gold, uh, for me, I'm thinking, uh, you know, some cartoon character running around with, with a bunch of bags of gold. But 10,000 bags of gold, 10, or 300 tons of silver. What, it, what, what 10,000 talents would have translated into is $40 million. $40 million. Uh, that's even in Roman currency. So we're talking, this is Jesus saying a zillion zillions, okay? Like a zillion dollars, yes. This is, this is crazy money. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children on all that he had to be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, 
and let him go. Canceled the debt. 300 tons of silver, right? Canceled the debt. It's gone. But when the servant went out, he found, out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called in the servant, you wicked servant. He said, I canceled all your debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailer to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. I all of a sudden don't like this parable anymore. Jesus is saying you have to instill a culture of forgiveness in your life. This is how we operate. When you have been forgiven of everything, the slights against your life need to be forgiven as well. We operate under a culture of forgiveness. This is countercultural to our society. I get that. This is different. This is weird. This is not normal. We operate under a culture of forgiveness. Jesus is serious about building this culture of forgiveness. This is not something that it's like, if you get to it, if you, you want to work around, you just you know, work your way up to it. This is not a, like, this is a statement, right? This is important. This is, this is Jesus in all serious mode. Listen. This is how your heavenly father will treat you to each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Like, this is how you need to be. He's not dancing around the issue. He's saying you have to have a culture of forgiveness in your life. This is who you have to strive to be. So what does that look like? How do we get there? How do we work through this? See, this guy is ruined. He is, he is ruined. There's no way he could, he could pay off the 10,000 bags of gold, the $40 million, and it's all forgiven. And what that symbolizes is whatever debt we have against God, whatever we have, the, the sin of our life, the stuff that we have no hope of making it right, And he's saying, listen, you've, you've done all kinds of stuff. You've sinned against God. You've sinned against God. You've sinned against God. You've sinned against God. And I just wiped it out. And if that same forgiveness is going to be extended to you, you need to extend that same forgiveness to others. And I know that's hard, and I know that's difficult. And I can, I can come up with all kinds of ideas of why this guy wanted, you know, why he wanted that money. Like, oh, listen, i got to get financially secure right now. Because who knows if, if this, this master is going to want his money. I, I'm, I'm scared, all this stuff. But no, 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 no. It's about living this lifestyle of forgiveness. If 
this is kind of counter to our whole society, but our society shows us uh, a glimpse into what this looks like. Our whole society is built on debt. Our economy is built on debt. Right? The game of life as you become an adult. Um, I know kids, you're going, man, I wish I was older so I could stay up longer and play video games whenever I want. But that's, I mean, if that's the one perk of being an adult, then, well, there you go. But you've got this thing called debt. And if you go to college, you get student loan debt. And then you, you buy a car and you have a car loan debt. And if you get a house, then you have a mortgage payment, which is house debt. And it seems to be, so far, now as I almost enter midlife, uh, you, you, you seem to be, like, all you do is work to pay off your original debt so that you can buy bigger, nicer stuff so you can have more debt. Like, that's the, the goal. That's, that's what life, life, life looks like as an adult if you don't have the right kind of priorities in life. So you invest more money to say, oh, I got to get a better degree. Why do I need a better degree? So I can make more money so I can buy a bigger house to have more debt as a house, and then I can buy a nicer car so I can have more debt as a car. And the cycle just continues and continues and continues and continues. And it, it's weird. But when you start paying those things, there's this moment of freedom when you have to make a choice, when you make the decision like, I'm going to pay off this car, I'm going to pay off my student loans, I'm going to actually accelerate the payments and pay off my house. And there's this amazing feeling, the first time you ever pay off a credit card and it's gone, it doesn't have a weight on your, your life anymore, and you pay it off, you're like, oh. Your, the food that you eat tastes better. The, the air that you breathe smells better. There is this air of freedom in that. And often we kind of use this, this money debt terminology with uh, forgiveness terminology as well. When the loan is forgiven, when it's, when it's paid off, when it's gone, there's freedom in that. And that same kind of shackles on your life and on your psyche and on your heart and on how you are motivated in life, those same, those same, same shackles that, 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 that hold you back when you are uh, in debt also hold you back when you're holding grudges and holding um, uh, sins against people and, and, and forgiveness issues. It's that same thing. And when you forgive that, you break those shackles and you have freedom. So if someone sinned against you, but you continue to hold it over their head, you continue to hold it and you nurture it and you're holding that grudge. Why? Because it's, they hurt me bad. Yeah, but you continue to hold it on. All it does is, is it weighs you down, just like a monetary debt would. And when you practice forgiveness, you were released from it and you live a lighter happier life. That's the culture of forgiveness. Building that in our lives starts to do. It, we're not beholden to other people. We don't, have to, we don't have to work through all these things of, oh, I'm, I'm, I forgot that I'm mad at so-and-so. I can't believe they did that to me. I can't believe this hurt. And now we're just, we're picking up grievances. We're picking up offenses. We're picking up these things. And we're so cranky because all this stuff happened. And, but a culture of forgiveness says, you know what? That's, I don't want to carry that anymore. I don't want to carry that anymore. I don't need to carry that anymore. And that comes from recognizing how much God is forgiving us. If he's forgiving us all the grievances that we have against him, then why should we not reciprocate that? And like, you know what, that's, that's not important enough to continue to hold on.
Jesus is saying when we are wronged in life, it's time to let it go. If we carry their debt in your debt, it's just too much. Who are you to hold their debts when I've forgiven all of your debts? See, Jesus wants to change our, our very default, our, the way in which we live our lives to a forgiveness culture. Now, you may be coming up with all kinds of rebuttals against me already in your head. But doesn't that mean I'm going to be taken advantage of? Probably. Yeah. But did you read what the scripture said? This, how, uh, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister in your hearts. Like, yeah, you'll be taken advantage of because not everybody practices a culture of forgiveness. That is a reality of what's going on. Is that your problem or is that their problem? It's their problem. You can control what you can control with you. It doesn't mean you don't have to be wise. It doesn't mean that you can't, can't learn from mistakes, that you don't trust people. Like, hey, so-and-so stolen from me 18 times. Okay, I'm forgiving them. However, I'm not going to put myself in a place that they can steal from me again. That's, you can still forgive them and be smart. Okay? You can still forgive someone and be like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to put myself in that situation anymore. I'm not going to let them lie to me anymore. I'm not going to let them steal from me anymore. I'm not going to let them treat me in this way anymore. But that's okay. You can forgive somebody and not let yourself be open to being hurt by them anymore either. Does that mean people will get away with something? Yeah, it probably does. But it's not your role to dispense justice. I hate that. I want to be the dispenser of justice. But it's not my role. That's God's role. That's the master's role. And he's a God of forgiveness. He's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. And just because it doesn't make me seem fair in my eyes, that doesn't really matter. And so, yeah, will we be taken advantage of if we have a culture of forgiveness? Probably. But the freedom of having that in our lives, the freedom of, of being able to freely forgive the, the grievances of our life is worth any of those painful lessons. How do we do it? How do we start to change our lives in a, in a culture of forgiveness? As I told you at the beginning of this message, this is one of the most difficult, hard things to, to start to cultivate in your lives. It, it, it is incredibly hard to press through maybe your, your familial uh, history, the way in which you were raised, the things that were done to you, how you've just kind of gotten calloused and hurt throughout the years. It is hard to break through all those walls that you've built up, all those protections that you have to say, you know what, I am going to live a lifestyle of forgiveness. So I want to give you some, some, some ways in which we can start chipping away and start changing the default uh, culture of our lives to that of forgiveness instead of holding grudges. First thing we do is we pray through it. And you go, Jared, I don't even know how to pray. This is how you can learn how to pray. Is you, you bring the topic to God and say, God, this is the issue. I believe this is the issue that I'm having a hard time getting through. And I would probably say nine times out of ten, God's going to show you that that issue that you think is so big and so bad and so terrible in your life is actually not the issue in the, uh, in the whole, whole shooting match anyway. He's probably going to show you, if you are open to it, that there's some other, other stuff going on there. There's, there's deeper and deeper and deeper stuff that we need to start working through. And when you find those things, something clicks, divinely kind of just shifts 
There's a divine earthquake in your life. When you really give those situations to God, that all the, the, the frustration and the ugh that you've built up, since it's built on a faulty foundation, when you get that right, all the rest of it falls away. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's hard work. And so you pray through it. I would recommend journaling through it. Uh, you can do that journal in a private place. If you do it on your computer, you make it like a, a passworded thing. You don't want people reading all this yucky stuff because as you process through it, you, you're going to blame people. You're going to be mad about people. You're going to be, oh, I can't believe they did this and they hurt me this. And you're going to say stuff to God that it's only between you and God. And no one else needs to hear that because in that yuckiness, God is working on you and he's moving it. And some of it, you just needed to get that venom out of your body. So that God could work and say, are you happy with yourself? Are you happy you got that out? Okay, because that was gross, and we don't want to do that again. But that's real, authentic prayer, right? That's treating God like he wants to be true. Like, God, this is, this is my innermost being. This is who I am, and this is what I'm struggling with, and this is where my frustration points are. This is where the pain's coming from, and I don't understand this stuff. And as we slow down enough, I like to journal it because when you're writing it down, you slow your thought process down, and you can start to get underneath and dig a little deeper and dig a little deeper and dig a little deeper and dig a little deeper. So once you start doing that, then you ask for wisdom, you ask for wisdom, and I, this can be one of those parts where, like, I don't want the mirror to be turned back on myself. I want to be still figuring out how they're going to get fixed, how they're going to get their life right, how they're going to go do the things that they need to go to. I can't control the other people. I've tried that. I, I really, really wish they were, like, video game controllers, and I could just be like, nope, you're dumb. Nope, you're over there. Nope, you're out of my life. Nope, you're going to beg for forgiveness. Nope, you're going to... That's not how life works. And so we have to ask for wisdom. We ask for wisdom. Specifically, ask for wisdom to see your part in it. Now, some of you are going to take this moment and go, oh, it was all my fault, and kind of beat yourself up in this moment. That's not... You need to slow down. If you start feeling like that, that, that is not healthy, and that's not what God wants from you. You just ask... I need to see my part in it. Well, I don't know what, and sometimes it wasn't your thing. It was, some, it was so heinous and so terrible, it's not your fault at all, okay? But sometimes you shut your mouth off, and you kind of were a jerk. I mean, that's my case. You, you, you people probably never were jerks and never shut your mouth off. It's just me. And you kind of set yourself up for that. And I need to ask God for the wisdom to be able to see that, to, for the discernment to say, mm, that's my role, and I'm going to own up to that. I'm going to ask forgiveness for that. And I'm going to say, God, I, I realize where I was wrong in these moments, and I'm going to seek forgiveness for that. I'm not going to take ownership of the whole thing. It's not all my fault, but that particular part, that pebble, that whatever it is, that's me. I'm going to own up to that. But that takes God's wisdom, and you've got to pray sincerely through that. Then the next thing we do is we ask forgiveness from God. We ask forgiveness from God. God, forgive me of that. Because usually at the heart of that, those things, there's some sin issue. There's some stuff. There's some lying, cheating, stealing, uh, destroying some lustful thoughts, some greed, something going on there that probably was at a center point, at a crux of something going on there. So we just ask for forgiveness of that. And then we ask for the strength to forgive the debt. Then we ask for the strength to forgive the debt. God, 
this person hurt me. And I'm trying to forgive them. I want to be someone who can give that debt away. I know in some part of me, it would feel so good just to hammer them against the wall, to pin them down. Yes, I got you. Lord, can you give me the the strength to forgive this debt? As we process that, as we step into that, we we ask God to, to forgive us. See, this is the prayer that Jesus wants to answer. It's not easy. It's not easy. This is work. This is hard work. This is tough stuff. This is stuff that we got to work through. But I'm telling you, you start committing to your life to start building a culture of forgiveness in your life, the way in which you read the Bible, the way in which you you talk to your family, the way in which you deal with your kids, the way in which you deal with your spouse. Because I know there's stuff that you just got to let go. There's stuff that maybe in this COVID era, you and your spouse have kept on going back and forth and there's tensions and there's nastiness and there's stuff that's just like, you just got to let that stuff go. Got to let go. That's so hard. Yes, I know. It's building a culture of forgiveness where it's okay if they never even admit they're wrong. Ooh, can you do that? It's okay if they never admit that they're wrong because I'm going to build a culture of forgiveness because God has called me to it. He's forgiven me of so much. I can forgive him that. Jesus is serious with this. This is not a if you get to it. It's not, you know, an elective. This is at a heart of what it means to be a follower of Christ. I tell you, forgive him seven times 70. This is who Jesus is and what he wants for our lives because he knows that on the other end of it is the amazing amount of freedom. At the other end of it is this life not tethered by all these debts and all these these frustrations and these hurts and this baggage of life that we try to carry around. That when we become a lifestyle and a culture of forgiveness in our lives, that, that we're a life that's free. And it's what Jesus wants for you. It's what Jesus wants for you to do this morning. So I want to pray for you this morning as we try to make the shift into a culture of forgiveness. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for who you are, what you're trying to do in our lives. God, right now, I just want, we, we talked about some hard things this morning. And some of this brings up really bad memories. Some of this brings up all kinds of baggage and stuff that we've tried to keep buried. God, I want us to be able to, to give that over to you this morning, that we, we take that and start the process, start the journey, maybe go through these prayer uh, points and become people of forgiveness. God, that my prayer for this church and the prayer for everybody who listens to this message is that they would start to build a culture of forgiveness in their homes, in their lives, in their church, and wherever they are, wherever they go. That they would know us as people who forgive, who love well, and love deeply. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us at church this week. And a special thanks to all those who continue to support our mission through your generosity. You too can support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community by giving on the website or through the app. To make sure you never miss out on a message, be sure to subscribe. And don't forget to hit that share button to spread the word. Have a great week.